Welcome to the Connor Trillin Podcast, where I, Connor Trillin, meet up with a musician, hear about what makes them tick, what kinds of experiences they're bringing into their musical journey. On today's episode, we have Jillian Dawn, singer-songwriter, guitar player I met over at Lower Deck Sessions here in LA, Encino in parentheses. So she's somewhere between pop, indie, country, and rock, graduated from University of Miami Frost School of Music, and is now living in Nashville, doing a ton of writing, performing. I really enjoyed talking with her at the Lower Deck Show, really enjoyed her songwriting voice, and she was nice enough to come onto the podcast. So stick around for her song, Maddie, in a little bit, and please enjoy Jillian Dawn. Jillian, last name is? Dawn. That's your last name? Wait, what? <laughs> Today I learned that I Dawn so wasn't your last name. What's your oh, real last name? Oh, it's not. No, my real last name's Hobeka. Hobeka. Okay. Yeah. H O B A I C A. Nice. Represent. I had the pleasure of meeting you over at Lower Deck Sessions a month ago. And your stuff is great. Your voice is great. Your songwriting's great. It's nice when you run into someone whose energy is like calm and confident and it's like you also have a ton of talent, so it's nice when it's just like, this is this is a great person to be around. I really enjoyed it. Oh my it. God, um, you're too kind. I felt the same way with you. I was like, this guy's amazing, and and I feel like we could talk about anything, and I just met him, so that's I the best kind, of, best kind of best uh, kind intro to someone, you know? I appreciate it. I, uh, I enjoyed getting to do some research about you, and thank the Lord you have some um, interviews in the past that I can sort through a little bit. Um, <laughs> I have a ton of interest in your like early start to this because you like started singing the national anthem at five. You're like writing songs at 10 on a bus with friends. But then you said that you made two EPs in high school. And I'm curious just logistically how and then two, how you feel about that at this point in your life looking back. Yeah. So yeah, I I started my career doing musical theater I was Mm -hmm. a musical theater kid and I did dance class and I did voice lessons and things like that I started singing again when I was around five that's the earliest actual memory I have of singing and I'm very I will like to say like I'm very blessed with parents that want to support me and like actually help foster my career rather than just be like oh you're doing that they like Mm -hmm. are genuinely invested in my career and, and support me every step of the way so I'm very lucky to have parents like that. So they like put me in anything that I thought that I had an interest in. And I wow. took off with music because it just, it came na- not to sound like weird, but it came natural to me, which is not, was not what my parents expected whatsoever. I have no musical background in my family, like wow. distant relatives. Yes. But nothing like in my household really, actually my sisters can sing, but that's, that's besides the point. So I started doing like musical theater in middle school and in high school, musical theater again, but I started writing when I was around 12, seriously. I recorded a song when I was, when I was 12 slash 13 and it's terrible. <laughs> it's not terrible, but it's, it's definitely like, it shows my, my progress and where I started from. Um, yeah. it was a, it was a middle school song. It's, it's called take it slow. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of that experience like recording and, and releasing it and songwriting became my thing. I don't know if you had a thing in, in high school and when you were in middle school and things like that, but like yeah. it was definitely like, oh, Jill does music. Jill does the songwriting thing. Like she writes songs. That's cool. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I realized that it's more than that from like a status thing. It was, it became my like sort of therapy in a way and my outlet. Cause I mean, I don't know what drama I had in middle school, but I definitely had some and Mm-hmm. I uh, wrote about boys and how they screwed me over and things like that. And uh, yeah. songwriting became my way of like expressing how I felt. And so in high school, yeah, I recorded those two EPs with a guy in, in Milford, Mass at 9B Studios, Toft Willingham. Wow. And it was it was a crazy, crazy experience. I, I had actually found him through a weird connection. My next door neighbor also did music. Cool. Wild. Yeah. Um, and she had recorded with him. And so like parents exchanged information started recording the first ep when i was in i think my sophomore year of high school junior year maybe 15 16 jeez yeah you can imagine looking back i'm like what was i thinking i was going into the studio like sometimes my dad came sometimes i went by myself like or my dad stayed in the car and i was recording these songs with this guy for like hours on end and and he was great like toft is a great great guy and he's a great producer he's actually in, in la now 
but it's just like wild to think that I would go to school and then I'd leave and I'd go drive 40 minutes to Milford and, and do these like recording sessions. But yeah, I, I did that sophomore, I mean, sophomore, junior year. And then I recorded my second EP senior year of high school. Wow. And that came out, that came out September of 2017 because it came out when I got to school I will I remember that specifically (laughs) and it was it was a wild time but I think looking back like I didn't do much producing on it at all I didn't really know anything about producing I didn't know what went into it and I it was my first experience with all of that I just was like oh I have these songs would love to have them recorded if possible and my parents were like oh if you're gonna do music for college you're gonna need some sort of recorded music to show like a portfolio of some sort so they were very kind and and helped me invest in this project or in those projects and it became a a really good starting base for me as an artist and when I got to school I had something to show for it at 13 how do you record a song were you what what microphone does a 13 year old have access to well, we went into the studio and he had like all kinds of instruments and everything available. What? And he hired the musicians like he this guy Toft knew like he was in a band in Boston. And oh, no, um, I'm talking about your first song. Not, oh. not not in high school. I'm talking about like when it, you first first started, like how that was actually with a producer, too. I what? didn't know. I didn't <laughs> <What>? know. <laughs> I didn't know. Can I swear on this podcast? Sure. You can do whatever you want. I didn't know shit about producing. Actually, yeah. I will say I did do like garage band when I was younger and would like mess around with it. And I'd go into my closet and I'd just record. I don't know how I did it without a separate microphone. Like I, I really don't understand yeah. how that worked because I didn't have this mic until till college I don't think wow you just went straight into the laptop probably didn't you yeah it was it was a wild time um but the first guy that I recorded the song with his name was uh Jimmy Parr and he my my dad had a connection with one with his wife and so put it together he was like hey like we Jill wants to record a song like what does that entail so I went into the studio and I was like again 12 13 I was like this is crazy I was like I'm Taylor Swift right now this is so cool (laughs) but I I didn't do much with it you know what I mean like I didn't have much not that I didn't have any say like I I voiced obviously I wrote the song but I Mm. knew four chords on the guitar and wrote the wrote the lyrics and the melody but everything else like I didn't know how to play drums so this guy like everyone else kind of filled in where I couldn't you know. Yeah, I want to dig into this character of your parents because this, I mean, the majority of the resourcefulness comes from, like, at, at that early age, it's just them yeah. opening doors for you and being, like, a- apart from, like, driving you to these places and, like, paying for these sessions and, like, which is already an investment enough, like, what mm-hmm. was there? You, you said they did more than just be, like, oh, yeah, cool, that's your thing, like, what were your conversations with them like as you were growing up and doing this? Were they like listening to your songs and providing feedback or were they like working through these emotions through song? Like what? Well, okay. So I'm the, the oldest child, the eldest daughter in my household. Um, and so I'm like pretty independent when it comes to, to just like dealing with my emotions and dealing with all this stuff and I've kind of always just done my thing so when you when you say like did they get did they give feedback on your songs I would never show them a song like my dad would come into my room and be like what are you working on like what are you writing and I was like not telling you (laughs) like I'm not showing you until it's done and I they would not hear these songs until I played them at like a talent show or something like that like I or a coffee house like they wouldn't hear them until then I just I think that I don't really know to be honest like I mean my songs when I was younger were definitely not like Taylor Swift level, like Sarah Brella's level, you know what I mean? But I think that they are the type of parents that when they, when they see that you're passionate about something and, and when they know that you like can do it and they, they, like my parents, I think they really saw a lot of potential in me and my parents have always fostered a healthy environment to pursue your potential and to follow your dreams. They will do anything to get us to where to our dreams. That's, that's basically what it is. And growing up, I had a lot of anxiety too as artists tend to do anxiety with school I was like a really invested student in my high school in throughout my college career too like but school was a big factor for me so I had anxiety from school and like performance anxiety with musicals and talent shows and things like that like I was 
I sang the, na- uh, not the national anthem, I sang the first dance for a family friend at her, at her wedding. And I was probably 13 or 12 wow. or 13. And I sang At Last by Etta James. Maybe I was oh, like 14. I don't grief. remember. But I was absolutely terrified the entire day. I was like going to vomit. Like I felt like I was going to throw up the whole time. My parents were like, are you sick? And I was like, no, I, I think I'm sick. Like, I don't know. And it was just, I was so scared. We've had conversations about that. And they've always been like, you know, it's it's okay. We love you either way. Like, you don't have to do this if you don't want to. But you have this potential. You have this dream. And we want you to reach it if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. I've never felt like I couldn't do music, yeah. if that makes sense. Like, they weren't, like, dance mom parents, like, yeah. on, on me about everything. But I will say, like, they were deaf. My, my dad specifically and my mom, both of them, but they always pushed me. So, like, if I was being lazy and I wasn't following up on emails about gigs and things like that, this went into, like, freshman year, even a little bit of sophomore year in college. Like, yeah. if my dad was, like, trying to get me gigs at places and if I didn't follow up, he'd get on me about my, about that. You know, like, cool. he'd get on my case. He'd be like, you need to be you need to be taking care of your own business. Like, you need to do this. You need to do this, this, this. And it taught me a lot. My, again, my parents are not musically... They're not like music people. They don't yeah. understand that, but they are business people. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up working for my family business. My uh, grandfather started a pool company, nice. which is kind of out of the <laughs> out of left field. Um, but my dad has since taken over handling all of the business of that. And I grew up selling pool chemicals in the retail cool. store and doing all of like that side and like putting in the hard work, earning money and saving up to do this on my own that taught me a lot about the business business ethics and like how you need to put in the hard work to get where you are and and Mm -hmm. it's not just going to come to you like as much as my parents did support me financially for all of this it was never just handed to me like it was Hmm. I had to be serious about it and I had to like tell them that this is what I was going to do and like follow up with this at the end of the line you know what I mean like yeah it wasn't like, oh, yeah, you're just going to record this, blah, 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 blah. I have since put so much time and effort into my career since that first recording session. You know what right. I mean? Like the span of time. And I'm in Nashville doing it full time right now. So mm-hmm. they've just always fostered that environment for me. And I've been very lucky to have that environment surrounding me because I know a lot of people that don't. Um, mm-hmm. And I just I would not be here today without them. That's uh I feel like retail or just any like real job when you are like working with your hands, like any non-glamorous job teaches you how hard people work for so many jobs, like all the time. I used to work at Subway Mm -hmm. and uh, the, just these people would just never stop moving. That was their thing. They're like, I'm here for eight hours. I move for eight hours. Like you think you're done? No, there's always something to be doing. And like this attitude of like, oh, you're bored? Like you there shouldn't be any boredom because there's mm-hmm. always something to do for sure like my dad like his family they built this my my grandfather was a school teacher and he would do like build pools in the summertime when he was in his off months and he wow. started this company and now and it's like it's grown so much because of the hard work that he put in and my uncles have put in and my dad put in and it's and my mom and just like the whole family and it's a work ethic that I'm so grateful to have learned from the least I can do is to try to bring that into everything that I do in my daily life mm-hmm. um, in whatever I pursue. Like, I've n- I mean, I've never been like, I'm not going to do music just because it's what I love and it's it's what I'm passionate about, whether it be as an artist, whether it be in like in the music business side, although I don't know what I would do in the sure. music business side. <laughs> but I've always brought the idea of like, you, it's not going to come to you and you're not always going to get what you want out of it. I learned that through musical, like stupid little lessons throughout life. Like I didn't get a part in a play that I thought I was going to get. That Mm -hmm. sucks. What are you going to do about it? You can only do like what you're best in that role. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And yeah. So, I mean, I I learned a lot from working the retail. I worked there until last summer. I did that for seven summers about, I started working there when I was 14, 15, I think. That's amazing. Um, Yeah. I was not good at the start of it. That's for sure. I, uh, I didn't like. I didn't take it seriously. Like I didn't understand it. And I only worked like two to three days a week in the summers. And then I was almost, I was about like full time last summer, assistant manager level almost. Cool. 
Man. Yeah. If you have any questions about a pool, you let me uh, know. I don't because I don't have a pool or <laughs> even access to one. But if I find one around here, I need to get a pool pass because it is nuts hot right now. Oh, it's nuts hot over here too. It's summer. What can I say? It's summer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nothing to be done. I want to move move into your college years. So you went you went into music school and that's when you really started honing your chops for live performance. But I'm sure you also learned other things in school so i don't i didn't go to music school so i'm not really sure what music school is or does yeah can you can you tell me like some of these lessons that you're learning as you're gigging all the time in college on weekdays on weekends um but then you're also like learning in school so like where where does where do you feel like those years have really contributed to where you are right now i think that my college experience helped me find my sound 100 percent if you hear the statement yeah, if you hear the difference between what I sounded like the first EPs that we just talked about and mm-hmm. my first song after going to school, like my first release since then, mm-hmm. it's it's wild. Um, in my opinion, at least like lyrically, melody, like melodically, I guess a little bit. But yeah, I, I went to school and I studied in the Frost School at University of Miami. I was not allowed to go to school for music unless I got a minor in business didn't matter what sort of minor but it had to be a business minor yeah and I thought I was going to do finance but then they changed the course the course load on me so I switched to marketing and I'm very Mm -hmm. thankful that I did I learned so much from my marketing classes it was a great addition to what I was learning in my music curriculum I'd just been this girl in high school who was known as like oh she's a songwriter and she does music and blah, blah 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 in this public high school in the middle of southern Massachusetts and then I got to this music school surrounded by these amazing like renowned people that are coming to school to do the same thing that I'm doing but they're already like in my opinion years and years ahead of where I was Mm -hmm. so what I figured you could either take two roads with this you could go and be completely defeated and change majors and leave the music school and and be like, oh, wait, I'm not good enough. I'm not doing this. Or, which is the, this is the road that I took. I was motivated by these people. It made me want to work harder and it made me want to find a sound that was unique to me that wasn't trying to conform to anyone, but also like made me feel something. All these people that mm-hmm. I was hearing at school made me feel excited about music. And like, I don't know about you, but when I hear a good song, I just like feel it in my bones. Mm-hmm. I just, I feel, I feel it in my soul, not to be cheesy, but that's like, that's <laughs> just what happens. And I felt that with a lot of these people. And I don't think I'd ever had a song that I genuinely felt that way about. Mm-hmm. So I met, I, I, I think my the biggest takeaway from my college experience was my peers and just writing music that, um, that made me feel what they made me feel, if that makes sense. How do you find your sound i was heavily influenced by a lot of people that did like indie pop and indie rock so i listened to like their music and then i listened to bands that i liked on my own and kind Mm -hmm. of that i found on like spotify that were similar to them Mm -hmm. and it just i don't know it it just made me excited about what i was singing and and i i changed my I didn't change my voice intentionally, but I can Hmm. tell that, like, you can tell from, like, my original music to the stuff that I recently released. I I have a little bit more rasp. I have a little bit more, like, I I sing a little bit more free than I did back then. And it took a lot of trial and error. And I didn't intention. I wasn't like, I'm finding my sound. Like, this is happening. I didn't make it an assignment for myself. It just kind of happened over the course of, of my time there. And, I mean, some, I guess some of it was definitely influenced by the, assignments that I'd have in school like we got to model songs after a bunch of different artists which was really cool we had songwriting prompts um I had a professor Craig Carruthers who actually lives in Nashville and he really helped me like he helped me by believing in me and like he saw he saw something in my writing that that hadn't been acknowledged by other professors or or people like outside of my peer group which Mm. really pushed me and like made me believe in myself even more and kind of I started steering more into that direction. It helped me dig deeper into what I was trying to say. I think, and I don't think that I've officially found my sound, but I think that where I'm at right now is a good, is like where I thrive in writing wise. 
and I'm always changing songs though like I'm releasing a song in September that's not extremely pop but it's very very pop Mm -hmm. um like leans toward more towards commercial than I typically do it's exciting and I really love the song do I think that it goes with the last EP that I just released no not at all it does not it doesn't work does it go with the songs that I want to record in the future not really (laughs) but it's a song that I really like I am proud of and I'm excited about and it's another piece of my songwriting puzzle in a way this teacher, what what was he seeing in your songwriting that other people hadn't called out yet? I guess the program at Miami, how it worked was like you didn't you didn't really do songwriting lessons one on one until junior year. So I've been in ensembles, and I, I'm not saying anything like I wasn't acknowledged or anything like that. It's just he was the first person of authority, I would say, that like really said, "Oh, you're a songwriter," and mm. like this is what you're, you got to do it. And this is, you got to just keep going with this. And he also helped me dig into what I was saying a little bit more. And I also have mutual respect for him as a writer too. Like I really enjoy his music and I think that he's a genius in the lyric department and things like that. So I learned a lot from him and by him supporting me, I guess I learned more about myself as well. And he pushed me to kind of, to do this. You know what I mean? Like I got to a lot of people that I know in my graduating class are either doing jobs in the music industry or doing what I'm doing or not doing anything in the music industry whatsoever. And I mean, I could have gone any way, any, any which way about that, but I'm in Nashville and I'm pursuing it full time. And I don't think I would be doing it without him and the support of my peers too. Yeah. So I phrase that as a question, but it's not a question. It's <laughs> no, no, no. It it's it's he. It sounds like he validated you as what yeah. you you were hoping you were. Yeah, I think that's exactly what he did. And not he never. I'm try not to like. He also keeps my ego in check. You know, he's like, you know, you do this, but like you also can do better here. Just as a lot of people do. I mean, when I write with other people too, it's it's you're hearing a lot of different opinions from a lot of different directions and I could be think I'm a genius in something and someone else doesn't think that that's that's just the way it rolls you know but I definitely feel like he validated my choice in being an artist and a songwriter for sure that's amazing I've been continuing to have these conversations around like how we nurture people and their like when we see promise how do you nurture it versus like there are, there are situations where you see someone and you're like, oh, that's pretty good. But like, honestly, like there are there is room for improvement. Like, how do yeah. you really call out the person being like, you're doing exactly what you're meant to do on this earth. It is yeah. evident. Here are some ways that I think like and, and then being able to hold your tongue when you're not that person to like <laughs> to, to say, like, here's where I think you can improve because most people don't need to hear that from you. <laughs> like, that is, yeah. mostly not your job there there, yeah go for it sorry I was gonna say I think a big part about being an artist and and what makes or breaks someone in this industry is being able to receive criticism and not freak out over it and Mm. not turn it down completely and I think that that's a lesson that I've I'm a stubborn person I am very stubborn and I like being right and I hate being wrong and Mm you get a lot of rejection in the music industry. You get a lot of different opinions and you get judged for pursuing this as a career. Um, And I think that starting as young as I did in the writing industry, like starting at 10, 11, 12, doing writing and then like professionally recording and stuff like that helped me grow a thick skin and helped me become open to criticism versus closed off. Like I will accept all criticism and then I can I'll go home and be like oh that was dumb like I don't agree with that but I'm not gonna be like no I don't agree with that to your face like I'm gonna take it into consideration you know like take everything with a grain of salt but you can't just completely close your mind off of other opinions too and I think that that's something that has helped me get to where I am um having that in the in my mind and thinking like you know what everyone has their opinion everyone's gonna want to tell you how to do something and sometimes you can you can pick and choose out of those pieces of advice along the way but you don't have to listen but you can Mm. it's it's your choice you know what I mean 
would you be willing to share a piece of advice that you were able to incorporate like you you took it in at the time and you're like oh my god that person was right and like how how you've been able to incorporate it since yeah i kind of touched on it but and it's it's silly and everyone thinks that middle school drama is silly and it is but it really i'm not kidding it has stuck with me to this day um seventh grade eighth grade i didn't i really wanted this part in this musical really Mm -hmm. really wanted it thought i was gonna get it tried my like busted my ass for this part Mm -hmm. and i didn't get it i got another part but i didn't get it i was absolutely devastated devastated what was as a oh it was uh it was in bye bye birdie and i wanted to be rosie i think her name was rosie i might be wrong but I wanted to be the, the female lead and I didn't get it. And it yeah. was whatever. And I went home and I was crying. My parents were like, oh my God, is she okay? Like, what is going on? She's freaking out. And I think I either asked or my parents asked the teacher, like my, 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 te- my drama teacher. He was like, you know what? She's, she didn't get the part. It's, you're not going to get every part. It wasn't the part for her. It's not, it's, it's, it, someone else fit it better. You, need, you can cry, but you need to get over it. Like, you need to get over it. And what are you going to do? You're going to quit the show just because you didn't get the part? No, you got another part. What are you going to do with that part? You need to make the most of every situation you're put in. If it's not ideal, then what are you going to do to make it ideal? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I've had multiple scenarios with that. Like, I didn't get into a songwriting ensemble that I wanted to get into sophomore year. And then I, I did country ensemble. And it was a great experience. I made it what I wanted it to be. I took, made the most of my time in that ensemble and it really helped me hone my performance craft because I was like one of four or five writers, I think. And I was starting to get into this lane of like indie pop, rock, a little bit of country flair. And it just made me like, I wrote a song called Maddie. That's what happened. I wrote my song Maddie and that song just makes me it just, I don't know what it does, but it makes me feel like I'm like ready to dance and ready to, get it, ready to get into it. And I remember like my first time, one of my first times playing it live. And I was just like jumping up and down, having the time of my life on stage. And I was like, oh, this is exactly what I needed. Like I made the most, this is what I am taking from this ensemble. Like, am I a country artist? No. Did I want to be into this, in this other ensemble? 100%. But mm-hmm. if I hadn't, been in this class and if I hadn't been in this vein of school or whatever it is I wouldn't have opened my eyes to how I can like improve performance wise so just make the most of every situation that you're in if it's not what you wanted if that's okay get o- like you can cry get over it and then keep pushing forward because you can make it something special it takes a lot of resilience to be able to understand rejection as providence like this idea of like when a door closes it's leading me to the next thing mm-hmm. and that's um that's something that my mom works really hard to teach me all the time uh yeah. so it's yeah that's a that's a hard one to learn i mean while we're on the subject would you be down to play maddie while we're here yeah i can play maddie okay He used to have a buzz cut but now his hair is long He used to wear t-shirts, but now he's got nothing on. He looks grown up in a kid kind of way. He's got the same smile he had in third grade. But something's different. Something's changed. Cause when I watch this car drive away My little girl heart breaking back one day Looking at him now, looking back at me I know that something has shifted for good I know that Maddie's right where he should be Oh yeah And sworn no girls allowed 
drive away my little girl heart pretty came back one day looking at him now looking back at me i know that something shifted for good i know that mighty is right where he should be Just Thank the you. whole, yeah, anytime you're flipping into your head voice, any, it's just so many good tones. Um, Thank you. I used to struggle so hard with that. I remember being in choir at school and I was like a soprano and trying to learn classical stuff and dang. I would have the worst transition into my head voice. It was <laughs> so bad. I'd be like, <laughs> there was like no mix, no in between at all. Um, so thank you <laughs> yeah no it's it's great it's smooth and it yeah it sounds so nice you have a great voice people tell you this all the time but i mean uh, you have a you. great voice <laughs> thank you you're too kind i also really i think that's a really cool um melody to start the song i'm trying to remember the what the melody is he looks grown up in a yeah that's what i was thinking of the it feels very contrary to the to the genre that it's in which makes it so much more interesting where you're mm-hmm. immediately like oh yeah you don't get to hear that type of a melody this yeah, is just I... me this is just me complimenting your songwriting <laughs> appreciate it well <laughs> i think that like the way that i vis- i learned melody before i went to school was just like oh this sounds cool or like this is something that Taylor Swift hasn't done, but Taylor Swift could do. You know what I mean? I was, I'm very, <laughs> when I started off, I was very heavily influenced by Taylor Swift. I will say when I got to school, it helped put the connection to like what I was feeling versus what I was playing and like how it all works. And I'm, I, I was definitely not, not a music, music theory person, mm-hmm. um, but I had to take those classes. I'm very grateful for those classes because they helped me like figure out you know, what melodies would work under this chord or like what sounds good and how can I change it versus, I mean, your music did the same thing. Like, you know how to do, you know, changes. Like you can't always do four chords or like even three chords. Like you can, and it can sound great if you make an interesting melody, but you need something that's going to keep the song going, you know? Right. And I think a big, another thing that I learned, not to go off on another complete tangent, but like matching what you're saying with the melody and and how it makes you feel i have a song on my album 2020 that's called liar and it's a whole upbeat song about breaking up with someone and being devastated it's and i did that 
slightly on purpose i didn't start off like writing the song this is going to be what it's like but all the lyrics ended up being the complete antithesis antithesis of what the music was saying um because as much as like music doesn't have words music speaks for itself you know what i mean like you can mm. you hear a song like what you said like how you like the the melody change in in the line that's something that music is saying to you liars just like complete antithesis of that like complete opposite vibe it's it's yeah. like i never like you're making a liar of me like i'm so depressed from this breakup but it's like all happy and it's, yeah. it's really it's just a weird switch on that device but i will say i really like to try to use emotions in the way that my melodies are written i like it any any uh lessons you have from music school i didn't go to music school so part of this <laughs> podcast is me just stealing lessons from music school um Hell yeah. i i want i want to hear more about your um marketing minor and then i'll ask you a couple um canned questions i ask everybody what what do you feel like you took away from the marketing minor and where do you feel like it's helping you in your career now well the biggest thing is i'm working part-time and a day job as a um digital content creator for a company so hey. it's it's feeding my it's it's paying my bills um learning that knowledge but i do social media and i think that social media is such a big part of being an artist today as i'm sure you know and everyone else can agree like you can't be an artist nowadays without having an instagram you can't not have a tiktok you can I mean you can tiktok is it's it's a whole other conversation but like you can't have like you need a facebook page where are you going to promote your music where are you going to promote your shows and all this stuff and i think that the marketing minor that i had helped helped put the connection together between things that i knew and i like knew of and actually like what the what that meant in a textbook setting so like i had a sales class um and i learned a lot from like professional selling stuff and reading people and went like body language and things like that so that kind of helps with my performance skills and then mm. with marketing plans like making a plan to promote something it, there's a, there's so much that goes into it like i i knew of like pr and i knew of publicity and i knew of graphic design and things like that but that's they're each their own beast and all of those go into a marketing plan of something so if you have an album that you're going to release or even a single like you need to have contacts and with a publicist or in a PR setting and you need to have a graphic designer to make the cover art and it was a I enjoyed taking the knowledge of marketing in the workplace in like an actual corporate business setting and translating it to music world because I did take a music marketing class which was great but I had I had had the knowledge previously because I took it later in my college curriculum um, and I had all this knowledge from my other general marketing classes. So it was really interesting to like take that and apply it into my music career. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like the biggest thing that I took from it, but it's it's just the whole Yeah, it process. seems like the general importance of it being like, this is a very important piece of the yeah, equation. Yeah, because I didn't do, I gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you, when my EPs came out in high school, I didn't do shit for them. I posted on Instagram. I was like, well, I'm a 16 year old girl. Like this is when Instagram was like, wasn't really even like the huge big part of music yes it was huge but it was mostly sharing pictures and right. videos i think videos were like just starting to get incorporated into it it was mostly youtuber videos at the time and i'm it's kind of crazy how much it's changed and i'm only five years post high school like facebook was like the main page where you'd post about your things you know what i mean and that was it's changed so much now facebook is is nowhere near as relevant as Instagram and TikTok are. And I didn't have a marketing like campaign. I didn't know what a play like pushing for playlists was. I didn't know how how many weeks ahead of time you were supposed to post about your thing coming out, you know? And now I I have a better understanding of it. Have I implemented it into my own career quite drastically yet? No. But it's it's going to happen. It's going to happen for sure. Cuz the more that the world develops and the more that social media develops the more money you need to put into it to get mm -hmm. to a point you know like mm -hmm. now you pay for playlists and submit hub and things like that and you pay for targeted ads and you pay for contacts like you can sign up for a like music industry contact list and you have to pay a certain amount a month you know right so it's just it's all a learning process but it's hard to to keep up because it's changing so quickly it's so interesting to to chat with you for many reasons but one of them is we're like actual different generations 
<laughs> like when I was finishing high school, you were 11, you know? So okay, like yeah. really different worlds. Yeah. This is me just asking. I'm just being a boomer now. Like what what <laughs> social media do you use? Do you like is is social media the main way you communicate with your friends? If so, what do you use? What does that look like for you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I will say I have two younger sisters. They're twins and they're three and a half years younger than me. Mm. And their generation, which is a three year difference, is drastically different from my generation, too. Like we I mean, I grew up with I had my first I have an iPhone now. I've had an iPhone for a while, but I think I got my first iPhone in like, I don't know, when I was like uh, 13, 14, like, okay. That's so almost 10 years ago. My sisters yeah. had them in freaking like fifth grade. Like, interesting. And you grow up with them and things like that because it started. I don't know. I, I'm trying to connect the. I'm trying to make a bridge between those two, but I've, I've lost my train of thought. That's fine. But social media, I had my first Instagram when I was 14 and I had no clue what it was. It was sharing pictures. It was me being a middle schooler and posting flowers on, a, on my thing and blah, 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 yeah. blah. It has grown since then into this conglomerate of interacting with people and and posting reels and videos and stories and all this stuff and it allows you to reach more people than you would if you were just texting other people so i use instagram the most out of social media i do have a tiktok but i will say like my tiktok skills and my like how often i use tiktok and post on it is nowhere near people in my sister's generation do like my yeah. sister has a TikTok and she posts, I don't know, like dance videos and the funny trends and things like that. But she posts it like all the time. Yeah. And I, I post once a week, maybe, maybe <laughs> once a week. I posted for like the first time last week in like two months, I think. What is some good advice that you can also say bad advice, but what is some good advice that you've received about your music career? Good advice is to stay as authentic as... I can slash I want to. Great. What are some books that have been significant or helpful to you in the last couple of years? You can say you don't read. That's okay. I no, I read, but I read like for fun, like fiction books. Yeah, um, that counts. But I don't really. Yeah, I don't really have any music business books that I, I mean, music industry books that I've read that have actually. No, I'm just I've talking done... about like normal books. It doesn't have to be like related. To oh, business. oh, okay. Yeah. Well, um. None that have like influenced me as a business person, but I'd say as like in create, I really love reading fiction books because they can inspire music and inspire yeah. songs for me. Totally. Um, but it's, I read books like that, like a lot. So I have like a, what a bunch. Books? Um, I read, I'm like a big TikTok book girl. So I read like people we meet on vacation. Um, I read like all the Colleen Hoover books that have been, that are going around on TikTok. Oh, I've never heard you about know any what? of this. You well, it's it's more like they're like rom com books. So it's mm. like it's whatever. But I will say I read the have you heard of like the Summer I Turn Pretty series that just came out on Amazon Prime? No. I read this book series when I was twelve. 13 like 11 maybe I don't even know but I've read all of them and I've read them at least four times each I think wow. I loved the series it was because I was like growing up in the same time it's basically about this girl who is she's like 16 I think she's having her like glow up moment it's like the summer she turned pretty and it's she grew up with these two guys that she secretly loved one of them and like it's all, it's just like a love triangle story and, and, and on the base it's it's about young love and all this stuff but I was obsessed with them and it it made me it's like in the summer too so it just makes you feel like it's like you're young and coming of age and and all that stuff but the series just came out so I'm so excited to watch the series but I can't watch it until I'm with my best friend from home because we got to do it together (laughs) but yeah I loved those books I just love anything that I can like step into and really forget about the world and focus on that um I read where the crowd where the crawdads sing a couple months ago loved that book i read that in like a day and yeah and also the artist's way i think that's what it's called i don't know who it's by but it's one of the books um it's all about writing and being creative and how Mm -hmm. to foster creativity in in times where you don't think you can yeah it's a lot of like exercises and stuff too i've heard a lot about crawdad um so 
I mean, now you got me. Now you got me interested. I'm. We, everybody loves young love. I might. <laughs> I might give it a spin. Well, it's like I'm at an age where I mean, I mean, I'm 23. So I read that when I was like 11, 12, and loved it. And now I'm like reading it. I was like trying to read it again before I watched the series. And I'm like, I don't relate to this anymore. I, it's so sad that I oh, can't okay. relate to this anymore because I'm not in like high school and I'm not like a teen. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's weird, but it's a, it was a really good series. That's great. What was the uh, best or uh, worst gig that, that you did? Feel free to say either. This is, I don't know if it was, it's my best gig, but one of the, best times I've had as an artist was my senior show at school mm. um I played like I don't even know how many of my own songs but it was it was all my own music except for like two covers mm-hmm. and it was with a band full of people that I love um and very talented uh musicians and a bunch of my friends came we were outside of my friend's backyard my parents came it was like a house party vibe but it wasn't like everyone was crazy and it was just the most fun that I'd ever had and it was the moment that I realized that like I want to do that for the rest of my life yeah I want people to like be singing along to my music enjoying themselves laughing when I fuck up like being able to like relate to what I'm saying and and I and comfortable in that environment and I just that's that's what I want to do and it was a real like important moment and because this was before I was even knew I had an idea like I wanted to go to Nashville like I mean I knew I was thinking about it but I didn't make I didn't have any set plans I didn't have a job I was like what am I gonna do when I get there like and it was scary to think that oh I now have no set plan for the future I have I don't have college or a next step to think about it's all up to me from this here from this point out that night just made me made me realize that you know this is I, I have to find a way to do this for the rest of my life not to be super like cheesy about it but that's that's how it was for me and i say yeah. that was one of my best gigs and then what one did oh i played um i played the analog at in nashville a couple months ago and that was a really fun gig too what so about it fun. it was the first i played a band show a month into nashville but it was the first time i'd played in like a actual venue setting like a like it was a very very nice venue and and my band was great and it was the first time we'd played like full full band with these with these new guys that I was working with and we just had so much fun and I played like six or seven of my songs and it was a it was just a great overall night my parents surprised me which was really fun too I also sang sang the national anthem in at the Celtics when I was like in high school too so that was that was a fun gig (laughs) But that was like, I don't even remember that anymore. Like it was such, it was lifetimes ago. Yeah. But that was like a really cool gig too. Said no big, just sung for the Celtics. (laughs) I did it when I was a freshman. I did it when I was a senior. Dang. (laughs) Yeah. It's a wild time. That's funny that that was at the end of your list. Um. Well, it's just like, it's not like me playing my original music, but it's just. Yeah, yeah. It was a national anthem thing. My worst gig, though, I don't really know. I think I haven't really had, like, I don't consider gigs to be, like, my worst in any way because even if I don't have a lot of people there, even if I'm, like, sick or I don't sound great, whatever it is, it's a learning experience. So it's it's mm-hmm. fruitful for my career no matter what. I just, yeah. I had a few gigs where I was just, like, so tired and I was singing, like, three-hour gigs each week last summer. And yeah. I had a few where I was just, like, I don't want to do this all the time like the, these three yeah. hour cover gigs all the time i'm gonna do i'm gonna, doing two when i go home tomorrow because i they're so much fun when they're once in a while you know mm-hmm. and my friends are gonna come and see me but it's when there was every weekend all yeah. last summer at and i was singing at least three hours a week and it was it was a lot but those yeah. were like the ones that i was like oh, okay i'm paying my dues getting it done yeah. <laughs> you know making some money um, what do people have to look forward to like up upcoming when it comes to your music? Like what, what should we be looking out for? Yeah. Um, I have a lot, a lot of dreams to accomplish, but I'd say the things that are actually moving and actually coming to life. Um, I have a song coming out. I don't have a date yet, but it's going to be in September. We're going to shoot a music video for it too. So that's exciting. I have a show in New York on August 7th, um, wow. at the Bowery Electric 
and it's with a friendly media media company and it's going to be really really fun that's coming up i have a lot of songs that i'm trying to record in the future um in the fall that's kind of my my goal is to record the songs that i've been playing out in november october time and then Mm -hmm. potentially well not potentially but releasing in like april may june and hopefully going on tour june july um but Mm -hmm. that's all up in the air those are my dreams but the the actual things that are happening are the song that's coming out and the music video well that's really exciting thank you so much for uh for your time i um i also got to have a phone call with jake from friendly media He's just such a sweet guy. Um, Isn't so he the it, best? Yeah. It seems like you've surrounded yourself with some really good people. All the people in LA who were there singing along to your songs, all those people. I like. I saw that video of your senior show where like people are like dancing, holding up your name and a sign. I'm like- That's the one. That's yeah, the night. You're just yeah. surrounded by a lot of really sweet people. And um, that's, I mean, that plus a lot of talent is- Thank you. Incredible engine to take you forward. Yeah. Thank you. I'm very, I'm very fortunate to have great friends that- that support each other and build each other up rather than tear each other down um and if i have another piece of advice to give it would be to surround yourself with with those people that will just support you and and build you up even if they're in the music industry if they're not in the music industry just you need to have that solid foundation and if people aren't contributing to that you can't have that energy it's going to foster negative energy and it's not going to let you grow i i think i i'd like i'd hope i'm a good judge of character i'm very fortunate to have all my friends that are in music that are not in music but still come to my shows and things like that and it's and jake is a great like he's awesome he's just awesome i'm so glad that i met him um and i'm so glad that you guys talked that's awesome he mentioned it to me but he didn't uh we haven't really i've talked to him like once or twice since la so it was great um yeah he had a ton of ton of good advice well sweet jillian don hobica say your last name one more time hobica Obeka. It's so Pleasure. funny that you brought that up because no one in Nashville and barely people from school know my actual last name because my Instagram's Jillian Dawn, so everyone's like, "Oh, that's her last name." She's not Obeka. Yeah. What is that? Well, it's it's important that we know your government name for a uh, yes, you know, that for, makes sense. Uh, social security fraud later, um, all that. Um, well, again, thank you so much. Pleasure. I'm gonna clap us out. Thank you kindly for listening to the podcast. It's really just an excuse for me to meet amazing people and learn from them. So if you like this episode, feel free to take a look at some of the other artists I've talked to, or let me know if there's someone in your life who's a musician that you'd like me to talk to next. You can learn more about my music at ConnorCherlin.com or find me on Instagram or Spotify under Connor Cherland, C-O-N-N-E-R-C-H-E-R-L-A-N-D. All right, see ya.